before we get started, I want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you in partnership with CoSolo. CoSolo is a virtual community for independent consulting firm owners offering peer coaching, accountability, actionable knowledge, and strategic partnership opportunities. Find out more about that at solo.co. So welcome back to Leaders of Consulting. Today I'm here with Michael Neal. Uh, Michael's a consultant that helps businesses with marketing, branding and positioning, strategy and growth, client experience, employee engagement and operational efficiency. So really the full stack here. Um, he's got a background that spans leadership roles in marketing, business development and product development from startups to the Fortune 500. So Michael, it's great to have you on the show. Thank you for having me, Jonathan. Pleasure to be here. Yes, lovely to have you. And uh, I should have probably also included in that introduction that you're heavily involved in the CoSolo community uh, of consultants too. So that's right, absolutely. We let's uh, we can talk about that a little bit more later because we could spend the entire podcast <laughs> absolutely talking about how amazing CoSolo is. So we can put that in a uh, a little bit later. Sure thing, sure thing. But yeah, so let's let's start off with a unique approach, uh, tooltip or strategy that you think other consultants should really know about. I love that question because it can go so many different ways. And when working with me, you'll learn that I love to simplify things. And when I describe what I do to my peers or even more important to all my clients and when I'm working with them, what I try to describe is the, you know, the grandma factor. So when you describe yourself to your mother or your grandmother, are they then able to share with their friends when they're sitting around the table drinking tea and playing canasta? Or maybe it can be a grandmother like my friends, they're drinking bourbon and playing poker. But what's important, can they, can they share what you do and have their friends understand it? Most of the time, the answer is absolutely not. And what most consultants fail to recognize, and it's also important for consultants' clients, is that the volume of jargon, buzzwords, and industry speak present in their personal and professional communications are just too much. You need to cut it out. Truly, truly simplify. Because if grandma doesn't understand, your prospect is likely not following everything you're saying or even reading. And organizations that I've worked with who streamlined their communications across all aspects of their business have excelled. I mean, truly every single employee is in sales, is in marketing. And it's same true for independent consultants or those with boutique agencies. Make it easy for them. And once you do this as a consultant, you'll be able to achieve greater corporate goals for yourself. But more importantly, if you can help your clients do this, they're going to hit upon two of their most important goals. They want going to make more money and they're going to increase their employee satisfaction. And then number three, they're going to deepen their loyalty with their clients or customers who, or however they define with whom they do business. One other, can I, can I give you a second tip? Sure. Yeah. If, that, if, that, if that's okay. 
If I if I could just tag on to that. Yeah, I think you touched on an important point that a lot of the time as consultants, we get so deeply entrenched in an industry that we, we pick up all that jargon, right? Those three-letter acronyms and everything that goes into that. So that's very easy to do. So it's like, I think it's a good reminder to just simplify things. Uh, but also, I was just wondering if I could just ask you a little follow-up there. It's like, do you have any suggestions around adapting that message to different kinds of audiences so maybe what you put on linkedin might be different than what you you know when you're in a in a networking event that's specifically around you know your your industry per se do you do you have like any good kind of rules of thumb when it comes to you know just basically finding the right kind of um you know simplified message to uh to broadcast i don't necessarily believe you need to change your message dependent upon the audience, particularly when you describe the impact and the results that you bring as a consultant for your clients. When you can do that simply and clearly, and that is level set across anybody, then you're doing a great job. Now, when someone follows up or asks you a specific question, that's when you can dive in with a story or an anecdote or a testimonial or a result specific for that industry. So for example, if you're working with, you say what you do and, oh, that's very interesting. And you know, the person's in the pharmaceutical industry. Let me tell you how one of my pharmaceutical clients benefited. Or you're dealing with a manufacturing industry. This is how one of my clients that was in the steel bending business was able to achieve more results. Or, and you can go down the line, whether you're a service, working with services, businesses, direct to consumer, whatever, that's how you tailor it. Keep what you do dead simple and easy to understand and make sure that you have those results that you've generated for others available at your fingertips to be able to share that you know that vertical industry knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. That, that totally makes sense. Yeah. And it makes me also think of, you know, that initial introduction being short, but providing enough information that, you know, people can kind of tease out more, more from you at the same time. You want to get, you want to get them excited and you want to light them up. And that also relates to, you know, the other tip that I, I was just referencing, Jonathan. And, uh, you know, this I learned from a coach that I've been working with and that the tip is that through conversation, you can really cause and create exciting futures. And typically consultants, and I used to do this all the time, you, you present the benefits of an engagement or a project. You know, consultants, you know, we speak in terms of KPIs and deliverables. And if everybody's doing that, that's so very ho-hum, okay, I get it. But in your conversations, peel back multiple layers, cut through, you know, the BS Learn what really matters for the people that you're speaking to, and then describe a future that really lights them up. And if you can do that, and it takes time and practice to engage in that type of you know, fourth level thinking, the opportunities are going to flow for you. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Peeling back layers and the grandma factor. Um, so aside from uh, ringing up grandma on the phone, do you have any other suggestions on how to really hone that simplified message uh, for people? You work on it, you practice it, you share it with others. I, I learned this many years ago when I was working 
in online strategy at Maryland's Wealth Management. They brought in a new CEO, a woman by the name of Sally Krawchuk, who is an unbelievable industry leader. I remember being in a meeting, a ton of us around this exceptionally large conference room table, and she was looking over some of the marketing materials. And she said, you guys are really smart. Are you writing this for yourselves? Are you writing for this for the investors who need to understand what you're talking about? She wasn't quite that polite, but we got the point. And what the organization then served to do is make it truly Main Street, which is what Merrill Lynch was all about in those days. And we learned that process of eliminating jargon, eliminating institutional speak so people can understand what's going on. And then only when you get to that level of trust and they believe that you're credible, can you then dive in deeper if you really need to do so with the jargon, with the industry speak. And as you said earlier, Jonathan, with the acronyms, I mean, each individual industry has its alphabet soup of acronyms that can drive people absolutely batty. But they're living in it so much that it becomes everyday common speak that a newbie, you know, could take up to 90 days to figure out what the heck is being talked about in a live meeting, a Zoom, a chat, a Teams or Slack. Yeah, absolutely. In, in a lot of cases, it's a bit, it's also a little bit of a veneer, a way of masking you know, your way of coming across as knowledgeable, you know, way of, and it's sort of masking your, your ego to a certain extent. Right. And that, that's why I said it's, it's peeling back those layers. It's eliminating some of the, the veneer because as you, as you, you know, sand that down, that's when you really start to see the true texture of the wood and the beauty that comes underneath it. And that presents the real opportunity when you see it nice and clear and without that artificial shine on top of it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, so great. That's, that's a tip for us. Um, how about, uh, can you refer us to a resource, whether it's a book, article, or podcast that's had an impact on you? And that could be either professionally or personally. Um, yeah, absolutely. And that, re- that relates to my second tip about causing and creating futures through conversation. And this past year, I've really learned to live as an advisor and a coach by being accepted. I was in a year-long mastery program led by the incredible Richard Dolan. And if you look it up, it's richarddolan.com. There's one Richard Dolan that's into UFOs, and that's not the guy who I'm following, although his stuff is probably interesting if you're into that kind of stuff. Richard, he's worked with multiple presidents of the United States and, and thought leaders like Tony Robbins, Robin Sharma, Ellen DeGeneres, and, and Oprah. Um, he's also worked with world-class teams such as uh, AMG, Mercedes, Patronus, Formula One, the Lakers, the Miami Heat, and through his performance work, leading those teams to championships. He was even gifted um, championship rings, which is, which is pretty cool. And his wis- Rich's wisdom has helped me grow rich. And when I say rich, that's, that's an acronym like we talked, to, talked about, and pun intended, that it stands for realize I create happiness and what matters most. And I help my clients now in their relationships to money, wealth, and worth. And this works across multiple personal and professional domains of what I do with its whether it's marketing and sales. And Rich has something that's called Rich You, where he presents, you know, free podcasts, free lectures on what he does exceptionally well with some of the world's largest organizations, whether it's 
uh, movie studios that just put out like the House of Gucci or, or Ghostbusters, uh, to name a few, or whether the work he's doing with top athletes and entertainers, he makes that available to anyone. And so I highly recommend that as a resource for people to look into, both personally and, and professionally. Yeah. I'm, I'm just looking up his website. I can see that he's uh, got quite the uh, test. You know, he's got some pretty good quotes from Oprah Winfrey, Richard Branson and Clinton that all sing his praises. Yeah, it's pretty, uh, pr- pretty cool. And, you know, when I, I'm speaking with him later this week, as a matter of fact, and, you know, to think that I have access to that and he's helped me in so many ways through this mastery program, it just kind of blows my mind. And even as programs for, for teenagers. So I brought him my own 15-year-old son on talks that Rich gives about teens bettering their lives. So just so many cool things that he does. And I love pointing people in his direction because you can only you know, grow uh, from being in the presence of you know, that kind of greatness and the wisdom that he loves to share to make the world a better place. Yeah. Well, that's a great, um, yeah, that's a great, great mention there. Uh, so Michael, uh, let's, uh, switch gears a little bit more and talk a bit, little bit more about the work you do and the people that you work with. I'd love for you to share with our listeners, uh, what, what would you say are the characteristics that your ideal clients share? Who are the people that you uh, generally tend to work with best? I love working with B2B businesses, manufacturers, industrial distributors, service providers. Um, Oftentimes, what people like to call, I think it's almost jargony these days, boring businesses or boring industries. Um, you know, you know, revenues from five to 80 million who are seeking that spark to do more, increase their revenue, their presence, and results across all the factors that matter most to their business. And it's people that are typically comfortable what they've been doing year over year, but at some point they realize we can do more, whether that's in digital marketing, whether that's in social media, whether that is ramping up their sales in new ways, um, opening up new channels for their business, whether it's looking at their marketing stack and re- revitalizing it or doing something completely different. That's where I've been able to come in and make a true difference for the clients that I've worked with, Jonathan. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And and can you tell me, like, obviously in the B2B space, what what are the primary sales or marketing channels that you generally tend to use most uh, when reaching them? I work primarily through introductions and good old fashioned research. And that involves reading, looking in the specific industries where I have clients and seeing who's adjacent. Sometimes I find it work through uh, partnerships as well. Uh, One way that I do it oftentimes is just good old fashioned driving around. Like my kid's dentist is in a big industrial park. And when I'm dropping them off, I'll look around and see what are the names on the signs. And just something as silly as that has led to opportunities and interesting conversations. Uh, I don't need a ton of work to achieve the lifestyle that I'm, I'm looking for. And I've been very, very fortunate for that. So I have a very basic, somewhat embarrassing website that's up there right now that's going through some reworking 
And I heard you read some of that earlier. So I appreciate you taking a look at it, Jonathan. But a lot of it is through networking, referrals, testimonials. And what I like to tell other consultants is that you're not looking for leads. Leads for my kind of businesses are kind of bogus. I'm looking for introductions. And one of the best ways to go about getting introductions, the most powerful network in the planet for that is LinkedIn. And leveraging LinkedIn for introductions versus leveraging LinkedIn for leads are two, two completely different things. And for consultants who are businesses like ours and those that we like to associate with, it's a very powerful concept to adopt. Interesting. Yeah. Because you hear a lot of talk about, you know, optimizing LinkedIn for connections or, or for engagement or as part of your funnel. But it's not often that you actually hear people say that actually it's, you know, you can optimize for introductions instead of, you know, it's. The bottom line is you want someone to say, hey, Jonathan, I have this great person that you need to talk to because you know what? They talked to me about doing a podcast. They have no freaking clue how to do it. I mean, listen, you know, Marty, I've got the best guy on the planet that can help you with that. Let me introduce you to Jonathan. Or you could say to me, it's like, Michael, I need introductions to five people who need help with their marketing. Oh, and by the way, you know, looking at who you know and what you do, these would be ideal podcasts for their businesses to achieve more. And I'd say, yeah, absolutely, let's do it. And that's the power of LinkedIn is making introductions rather than leads, particularly for consultants like us and the listeners of this podcast. Yeah. Can I ask you, uh, and sorry if this may seem like a tangent, but it is relevant. Have you heard of a tool called Bridge or Bridge App? I have not heard of Bridge App. What does Bridge App do? Um, So basically what it is, it's a platform that allows you to it, it helps you make introductions quickly, uh, but it allows you to do them in a way that you're making, um, you know, obviously there's a, a little, there's often an etiquette to making introductions, right? Where you're doing a double opt-in. So it's, you know, you're asking permission from both sides if it's okay to introduce them. And then usually it's a good idea to also follow up afterwards and see, you know, how did that introduction go and so forth. But actually managing that yourself is manually is can often be cumbersome. Um, so this, this is a tool um, that basically allows you, it, it kind of allows you to, yeah, to basically do that at scale, but with the, with the help of, you know, technology enabled basically. Um, but it, one of the reasons why I bring it up is because they recently introduced um, a means of integrating with LinkedIn so that you'll have like a little button that allows you, you, you know, if so, if you're talking to someone and they're, you know, they're looking for an introduction for someone specific, you can just go to that profile and click the, uh, it's got like this make intro button. Um, but that's, that's kind of a, a, a neat way. That's, that's wicked cool. And I will definitely check that out. Thank you for bringing it to my attention. Um, I love the technologies that help to accelerate and, you know, eliminate the friction of, of, of doing business. Yeah. 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 But I love your view on, on using LinkedIn as a, as a means of making introductions. And, um, and so kind of coming back to you, your, your, you know, the way that you help you work with clients. Um, I'm curious, like, are there any common misconceptions or, or mistakes that you find, you know, 
plugging gaps or, or, or basically you come across time and time again that people make when it comes to, you know, solving, solving those challenges uh, for, for those clients of yours? Yes. And it, it's a good segue into, you know, sharing a new partnership and exciting business I'm involved with called um, Zero Friction. And Zero Friction, as my partners and I will say, helps to eliminate the friction points across a business that slows revenue growth. And revenue growth is slowed when there are challenges with the people, the processes, and the technologies when they're not aligned and they're not serving the needs of the individuals using them. And what we do is we make sure that those friction points are eliminated so the people are unbelievably happy, productive, and they love what they're doing and how they're doing that and how they're doing it, I should say. And the clients achieve maximum revenue growth and performance by what we do is we enhance their sales systems and culture, their marketing and communications. And the third leg of the stool that we like to describe is the cognitive performance of their staff. It's all you know, very exciting things that, that, we, that we bring uh, collectively through Zero Friction. Excellent. Excellent. And, uh, and for people who, when you find clients in that situation before, is there, is there sort of one initial step that they can take, uh, whether it's, you know, just a small tweak that they can make around their sales system or culture, uh, or their marketing communications that would be, a, uh, you know, a small step in the right direction? It's a, it's a great question. And it's somewhat a loaded question because it depends upon the organization and let's call it the friction point that they're having. And, you know, sometimes, and this is where, where my experience comes in, it can all deal with communications, whether it's internal within an organization or it's external from the organization. And let's just get back to simplifying things. If you can simplify your message and uh, someone from accounting and AP and AR can speak the language of the organization as well as your external sales team, you're doing a great job. If the people that are bending steel on the floor can state to their friends at the local bar what their business does, as well as the CEO, then you're doing a great job. It's getting that messaging alignment singing. And you know, people will say, you know, that's the old cliche, you're, you're all you know, singing from the same hymnal or from the same prayer book or from the same uh, sheet music. Um, if you can do that, that's one simple thing that will truly boost the business. But even though that sounds simple, it's sometimes very, very challenging to accomplish. Yeah. It's amazing that, you know, in the day and age of 2022, it's still something so simple as like just communicating properly that makes such a big difference. And that can be internal, like you say, internally or externally. Um, you know, if, if I think about just, you know, the messages I receive about, you know, people interested and, and maybe coming on the show, a lot of the time it, it's, uh, you look at the messages and either they're like huge walls of text a lot of the time, or they may be just they just don't give you enough information and expect you to do the additional work to find out more and so on it's I, I worked with a creative director in one of my prior corporate roles and she described that as a a sea of black and 
all that text on the page, all that is doing is providing a wall between that reader and what you really want to get through. So go from a sea of black to make it just like a small pond that you could skip a small stone across and make it dead simple for the other person to understand who you are, what you want to do, and why. Convey that in simple bullet points. And then if you need to expand upon it, do so. I mean, your job in leading a podcast is making it, number one, exceptionally valuable for the folks that are going to be listening to this. And number two, easy for people like me who may be intimidated, you know, getting on a podcast. Some people have never done it before. Some people have done it hundreds of times. Uh, but the, your process and the way you made it dead simple for me is a testament to the type of business that you run. And it should allow for everyone who's done your podcast to sing your praises everywhere. So you're doing an exceptional job just making that easy, making it simple, and helping others really get into the world of podcasting, Jonathan. I appreciate that. I'll, I'll take that compliment. <laughs> Thank you very much, Michael. And going back to um, one of the first uh, things we mentioned, uh, CoSolo, I'd love to talk a little bit more about that. Uh, it's a community of consultants uh, that you're quite involved in, but I'll let you do the, the, the full introduction. I'd love uh, to, because I think it's very relevant, obviously, to our, our listenership and the theme of this show. Um, so I'd love for you to, to just expand on, um, on CoSolo as, a, as an organization for consultants. Yeah, happy. And that's how we met. Let's tell, hey, listeners, Jonathan and I met through CoSolo, bottom line. But what the organization is, it's an engaged community of consultants and boutique agencies. And we come together to learn, network, grow. And the core aspects of the organization include peer coaching, accountability, knowledge, networking, and partnerships. I, I've been involved for a little over a year, and I've made some dear friends, created opportunities for others, shared insight. I've been given direct constructive criticism that has benefited me both personally and financially. And most importantly, you know, I've laughed a great deal. Uh, we like to say that not everybody can join CoSolo, because there is a membership, you go through a tiny itty bitty brief interview process. And we do that to make sure that people are truly interested in being a consultant. A, you know, they own a small boutique agency. You know, they're not just in it temporarily. But also, even more important is we like to call it there's there's no jerks in CoSolo. You know, one of the hardest things that we do is try and act, is try and implore people, ask for what they need versus giving more. And that's truly the give and take and the positive aspect of the organization and why I found so much value and why I highly recommend you know, independent consultants like us, you know, consider joining, you know, spend the, you know, apply, go through the process, you know, enjoy the free 30 days that everybody gets. And then if you love it, like I do, you know, hop on board, be a member. And I'm confident that folks will like it. Yeah. And one of the things that I notice that you do is you, you, um, you have a community that mainly interacts with each other through Slack. Isn't that right? No. Oh, okay. I thought this may no, be no, in the no, past. No. So Slack, is, Slack is one of the, let's call it benefits of membership that 
you can ask specific questions. You can network. We use Slack to introduce people. Um, we also use it to make people laugh on a daily basis. You know, consider it like a fraternity, sorority, or club with you know people throwing stuff out there. But the main way that those in CoSolo interact is what's known as an accountability group. And that's where you're matched with a handful or more of people and you meet for a week on a weekly basis and you get to know one each other, get to know one another. You get updated on the organization, but more importantly, you're held to account with what you're going to be working to on a quarterly basis, your big goals, your big objectives. And what you're going to be doing on a week by week basis. And sometimes that's really hard when you're working for yourself or you just have a small team of people with you is having that accountability in ways that, that you may not have otherwise. And the other aspect of the accountability group is something that uh, we like to call a hot seat is when you have a hot topic or a problem or an issue or a concern or you just have a proposal or marketing material or a new website or, or a concern and idea, you can present that to your accountability group and get spectacularly wonderful feedback. Now, when I mentioned just a moment ago, being given direct constructive criticism, some of the things that I thought have been absolutely brilliant have been squashed down to their core based on the feedback. And I'm a better person for it. And most particularly, I needed feedback on a proposal that I was sending to a prospective client. And the feedback that I got helped me raise my engagement fee and got that proposal through the approval process even faster than I would have expected. So as much as that constructive criticism kind of made me tingle a little bit, I'm glad I received it. Um, and I'm curious, like from your, I'd love to hear from your experience. Are there any key components that you think make for a really good mastermind group? Um, that may be the way expectations are set or the way it's formatted. Have you seen anything that works particularly well in that kind of situation? Well, well, the first is making sure that anyone you're talking to about mastermind knows what a mastermind is because your interpretation of mastermind, my interpretation of master mastermind. And we ask five other people, I'm willing to bet if we wrote it down on a little post-it note and I'm holding a post-it note up to the zoom screen that Jonathan and I are talking to right now, um, we're going to get five different definitions of mastermind. So first is coming to an understanding of what the heck is a mastermind. But once we get that is what are the expectations? What are the roles? What are the responsibilities? What do you have to commit to? And that's something I also learned from uh, my coach, Richard Dolan, is that what you're committed to is your word. And if you put that commitments into your calendar, that means you're going to be able to track it, measure it, and understand what's moving forward. So regardless of how one may define a mastermind and the goal and the purpose, the intent, if you're committed to making that happen, then you're going to have a wonderfully successful experience in whatever that mastermind means for you. Yeah. 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 It's very true that like you say, people have uh, different understandings of what a mastermind group implies. I mean, think um, about it. 
some of us may think of the old mastermind game with the little colored pegs moving up and down the board from years ago that uh, we all love to play. Um, so you, you never know where one's interpretation of mastermind may be favorable or unfavorable. But if you follow mastermind up with, you know, this is what I get out of it. These are the expectations. These are my roles, my responsibilities, and this is why I'm committed to it. Then you'll get to the essence of why that mastermind is valuable for you and hopefully influence some others to join you. Yeah. Something, something else I've, I've noticed as well with mastermind groups is uh, oftentimes, you know, someone will come with a, a problem or a challenge they're facing or a decision that they need to make. And I think it's very easy for participants, my, myself included to jump straight into solving you know problem solving mode and or like here's a whole bunch of different solutions but oftentimes it's not always the most helpful thing to do sometimes people get just completely overwhelmed sometimes people know what the solution is but they're just not doing it for some reason so i what i what i try and um and remind myself to do sometimes is to think first of clarifying questions first because you might also you might give thing give ideas or suggestions, but they might be completely out of context without the necessary information. Um, but additionally, um, what I've also uh, found is there is an article I read. Um, it's actually by a previous guest, a guy called Chris Sparks, about decision-making. And it, it's a really great article. We actually talk, uh, we, we talk briefly about it, but basically it goes through these different lenses of how you can make decisions like, have you considered all the opportunity, like all the different options available? And it's a whole bunch of questions to ask yourself, which actually, even though it wasn't necessarily written in the context of masterminds, I think it's actually, they were very, they're very helpful um, principles to apply because at, at the end of the day, you're, you, a lot of the time it's, it's helping people uh, make decisions that that's really what you're, you're trying to support really. So I think that's absolutely brilliant. And going back on earlier parts of the conversation, in terms of introductions, after listening to his podcast, he's someone I want to get introduced to so we can work on that following the podcast. And, and given his professional background, you know, cutting to the essence, asking those key questions, but, under, but understanding why you're asking those questions to your point, Jonathan, is absolutely so brilliant. And it also gets back to simplicity. Put yourself... Um, in the mind of the listener, what do they really want to hear and why? And the fact that you, you brought that up versus just jumping into solutions is an exceptionally wise way from my experience to go about assisting people on so many different levels. And when you're, when you're in those masterminds, Jonathan, and you come across those challenges what are some of your go-to you know, questions or even before you ask the questions, what are the th things that you consider even before asking those questions? Um, so, I mean, one of the things I like to get a sense of is like, what, what have, what have people tried before? Um, like what have they already tried? You know, what avenues have they already explored already? Um, rather than basically telling them something they already know. Um, because oftentimes I, I can see that happens on occasions, and, but people are too polite to interrupt and say, oh, actually, I've already, I've already pursued that avenue. Um, and 
yeah, uh, I think also getting to root of what the real problem is, because sometimes people will describe something, but there's a subtext to it, or there are some assumptions that they've made before that. So sometimes it's going back to original assumptions and maybe those assumptions are well-funded or well-founded, but it's understanding those. I think that's quite important as well. It's like, okay, you've already considered this. You've, that's why you're, you're looking at it through this, through this lens. Right. Yeah. Right. And I think you're, 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 you're dead on with that. And I think that's great advice for anyone to consider, because if you put the individual who has the problem first, they may not need a solution. They may need something else. And that applies for as consultants for our clients as well. And that's where you can get, you know, getting back to what I mentioned earlier through conversation, cause and create the future that they're looking for. Yeah. By way of example, they may have a specific technical or process problem that could be measured with KPIs and deliverables and reports and analysis. But what you need to solve is, holy moly, they've got so much stress that they're dealing with on a daily basis because of this. You're helping them eliminate the stress so they could do more and excel in their role. And they're like, wow, you got it. You hit the, the cliche, the, the nail on the head there. Let's move forward and figure out how we can make this happen versus moving ahead as with what you said, the very specific solutions. So I really like that approach you just shared. Yeah. I can also see how, um, you know, being part of a group like that with other consultants will would probably also help as well because the whole consultative skill set is, is based around, uh, you know, discovering, pro you know, discovering where exactly where the problem is doing, you know, having that analytical approach to things. Um, so I can see that having, you know, four or five minds at that, like that on a call with you would be so beneficial as well, right? It, it is. And you have people from different disciplines. In my group, we have technologists, we have salespeople, we have recruiters. I've worked with people that are, what do you call it? Fractional CFOs. You get all different you know, HR specialists. Um, you get all different perspectives that can help and you know, share advice and guidance that you may not be able to get otherwise. Yeah, yeah, excellent. Um, so, Michael, as as we as we sort of come to the end here and start wrapping things up, I'd love for you to share exactly where people can find out more about CoSolo as well as the you know the work that you're doing and how what's the best avenue for people to connect with you. Sounds like I'm going to bet it's probably LinkedIn. <laughs> There's a few, few, few different ways. Well, let, let's stick with CoSolo. Yeah. The website is cosolo.co, C-O-S-O-L-O.co. Pretty easy. And on that webpage, I haven't looked at it in a little while, there should be a shiny red button that says join or I'm interested or something that will take you to a form, fill it out. Then we'll just say stuff happens. Now for me, Look me up on LinkedIn, Michael J. Neal. Um, you could look me up on my very outdated website, mjnealconsulting.com. And also check out um, you know, the new venture I talked about, Zero Friction on LinkedIn, um, while our new digital presence has been crafted. And Zero Friction is Z-E-R, zero friction spelled with an X, 
right there in the middle. And you'll get to that LinkedIn page as well. And like I said, love to connect, love to have conversations. And you know, thank you for giving me the opportunity to have this meaningful conversation with you, Jonathan. And look forward to connecting with anyone who may listen to this and keep up the awesome work for this broad consulting community that you support. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure. Um, I really, uh, I really appreciate you coming on being here and being so generous. You've definitely, I've definitely learned quite a few things during our, our short conversation here. So thanks so much. Me too. Really appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in and a big shout out to the CoSolo community of independent consultants for supporting this show. If you're looking for a really great group of supportive peers, you should really go and check them out. They have a Slack community. There's a book club. They pair members in groups for accountability. They've got expert webinars, virtual co-working sessions, plenty more, all themed around growing your independent consulting practice. You can find out more and sign up at cosolo.co.